to go to the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter. I want to preach on this thought this morning. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Mark's Gospel, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 35 through verse 41. In these verses, we find that the disciples end up in a storm. And I believe that in this house today, some of you have come in and you're in the midst of a storm. In fact, I've heard it said you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. You're in one of those places today. Amen. And when storms come, we have a tendency to panic. We have a tendency to allow fear to grip our lives. But we shouldn't let fear rule us. And today I believe this message is going to help us. I believe this message can liberate us and set us free from fear. So let's look, Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35 to verse 41. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Let me just pause for a moment and say that most of the time storms come suddenly. They come unexpectedly. They come when you're not ready for them. Amen. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, I'm asking today for your help. As I stand behind this sacred desk, I realize today I cannot do this without you. And today I don't want to preach just another sermon. I want to preach a message from you. The people don't need to hear just my words, but Father, they need to hear your words. And I'm asking today for the anointing to preach what needs to be said in this place. And I pray today that you'd open the hearts of the people to receive. I pray that you open their ears to hear. And God, I pray today that you would remove fear from our lives. And today I pray, God, you would change us. I pray that when we leave, we can say it's been good to be in your house. And Father, we will praise you and magnify you for all that's accomplished. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. You can be seated. Notice what Jesus said to the disciples there in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They're out on the sea and a storm arises and they begin to panic and they become fearful. And instead of trusting Jesus, they were trembling 
in fear. Instead of facing the storm full of faith, they were full of anxiety and they were afraid and full of panic. Remember, these guys were mostly professional fishermen. They were accustomed to storms on the Sea of Galilee. And so you can imagine how bad this storm must have been for these guys to be terrified and afraid. But you also have to remember these guys have been walking for Jesus for a little bit of time and they've seen His power, they've seen His miracles and they've heard stories of what He had done and so they should have had faith to trust Him and know they would have been taken care of. But somehow when the storm arose, they responded with fear. And I believe if we'd be honest this morning, we'd have to admit we're not much different than the disciples. When the storms of life hit us, we usually respond the same way they did. We respond with fear. We respond with panic. We respond with worry. In fact, in all honesty, we probably are more afraid at times than we are full of faith. In fact, in all transparency, at times I'm good at preaching faith, but sometimes not all that good at living faith. But the Bible tells us that fear isn't supposed to rule our lives. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You see, fear doesn't come from God. In fact, if you read the Bible, you'll find out that time and time again, you'll find these words, fear not, be not afraid, be of good courage. Why is that? I believe it's because God knew we would have a tendency to be afraid. We would have a tendency to worry. We would have a tendency to panic. God knew we would have a tendency to live in fear. You may have walked in here today and you're in the midst of a storm, you're in the midst of a crisis and you're afraid, you're panicking, you're full of anxiety, you're full of stress and I've come to let you know today that you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to live your life ruled by fear and anxiety. This morning I want to give you three things that you need to do when the storms of life hit you and you're tempted to be fearful and afraid. Number one, you need to remember the promises of God. Look at verse 35 again. On that day when evening had come, He said to them, let us go across to the other side. Notice those words. Jesus said, let us go across to the other side. He told the disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side. Can I say, Jesus intended to go to the other side of the sea. He fully intended to make his journey from one side to the other side. And guess what? Jesus knew the storm was coming and he didn't panic. In fact, Jesus fell asleep during the midst of the storm. But the disciples didn't know the storm was coming. And when the storm hit, they began to panic. Why? Because they forgot what Jesus told them. Jesus said, let's go over. And somehow when the storm hit, 
they forgot Jesus had said, we're going to the other side. You see, they should have known they could have trusted what Jesus said. They should have known if Jesus said, we're going over, hey, guess what, we're going over. We might have to swim across, we might have to fall across on pieces of the ship if it breaks apart, but if Jesus said, we're crossing over, by God, we're going to cross over because he said, we're going to the other side. But because of fear, they panic and think, hey, we're not going to make it. You see, all of a sudden, because of fear, they failed to remember His Word to them. You see, the wind and the waves became louder than what Jesus said to them. The voice of the storm began to drown out the voice of Jesus. <laughs> you see, that's what fear does. The voice of fear will drown out the voice of God. And the voice of fear will cause you to forget what God has said. Fear will cause you to forget the promises of God. Hear me today, if you're not careful, the voice of the enemy can become louder than the voice of God in your life. And when that happens, you will forget what God has promised you. Hear me well today, when storms come in your life, you must remember what God has promised you. The storm may look like it's going to destroy you, but if God has said you're going to the other side, you have to hold on to what God has said. Hear me, the Bible is a book of promises, and when the storm comes, you have to believe what God has said rather than what your circumstances say. Never forget the promises of God. Don't let fear talk you out of receiving what God says is yours. You see, fear will tell you that you're going to die. But God says you can be healed. Amen? Fear will tell you that there's not enough money to pay your bills. But God says He'll provide for everything you need. Fear will tell you that it's never going to work out, but God says all things work together for good to them that love Him. Fear will tell you that you'll never overcome, that you'll never be any better, but God says you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. If you constantly listen to fear, you'll never lay hold of the promises of God for your life. Fear will rob you of what rightfully belongs to you. The children of Israel is a great example. Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the promised land. 10 comes back and they give a negative report, but Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we're well able to take the land. Let's read it in Numbers 13, verse 25 to 33. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now let me just pause for a moment. They brought back a cluster of grapes. And if you read the preceding verses, it says that it took two guys carrying a pole to bring back the cluster of grapes. These weren't the grapes you go down to Walmart or food line and just pick up and put in your grocery basket. Two guys carrying a pole 
with a cluster of grapes hanging on it. These must have been some humongous grapes. They probably even tasted them while they were on the way back. That been me. I, I, I'd have been checking out the fruit just to see how good it was. Verse 27. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Najeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim. If you have a King James or New King James, it says giants, the sons of Anak who come from the Nephilim. And we seem to ourselves, notice this, we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Fear kept them from going into the promised land. They said, surely it is a land that flows with milk and honey. And here's the fruit. They probably had grape juice running down their mouth. Oh, it's a blessed land. But it's a strong city. It's a fortified city. There's giants in the land. But we can't go because we're like grasshoppers in the sight of the people. Fear had gripped their heart and they wouldn't pursue what God had promised them. But Caleb said, hey, we're well able to lay hold of what God's promised us. I wish I had some Caleb's and Joshua's in the house that would say, hey, we're well able to do what God's called us. That wouldn't let fear rule them but would take on the task that God has called us to do and live their lives ruled by fear. But fear will keep you from laying hold of what God's called you to do. Amen? We cannot live in fear, church. We can't live in fear. We have to believe that God has called us to greater. We have to believe that God has told us to do more. But if we allow fear to grip hold of our lives, we'll forget what God has said over us. I said this last week and I'll say it again here today. A word from God does not have an expiration date. If God has said something to you, God will bring it to pass. And when the storms of life come, when the trials of life come, you cannot forget what God has said. You have to lay hold of the promise of God and believe that God will bring it to pass. Just because the winds are blowing and the waves are beating against you, don't forget the promise of God. If God said it, stand on it, believe it, and God will do it. Amen. Don't forget the promises of God. But secondly, never doubt the compassion of God. 
When storms hit, you don't doubt the compassion of God. Look at verse 38. But he, referring to Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Notice this, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They're in the storm and Jesus is sleeping through it. They're fearing for their lives. And Jesus doesn't seem to be concerned. They have to wake him from a sound sleep. Let me ask you, have you been there? Have you ever been in a situation and you just felt like God was distant? God had gone AWOL and God was unconcerned about what you were going through? That you prayed and it seemed as though God wasn't listening? I think about John chapter 11, Lazarus. Jesus hears word that Lazarus is sick. And the Bible says he waits two more days before he ever makes his way to Bethany. But the text plainly says in John 11 that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But it says he waits two more days. Doesn't seem all that loving, does it? And we know the story. Lazarus dies. He's sick when Jesus gets the word, but he waits two more days. And Lazarus dies. And when Jesus shows up, the first thing that comes out of Martha's mouth is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. The first thing that comes out of Mary's mouth, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. We've all been there. Lord, if you would have shown up a little sooner, I wouldn't be going through this. That's what fear does. We panic and we think that somehow God isn't concerned. We panic and think that somehow God doesn't care about what I'm going through. That if God cares, I wouldn't be hurting the way I'm hurting. If God cared, I wouldn't be sick the way that I am. If God cared, I wouldn't be struggling financially the way that I am. If God cared, I wouldn't have the needs that I have. Fear wants us to doubt the compassion and love of God. But hear me, and hear me well, God does care about you. You see, fear wants you to think that God's too busy to get involved in your life. When fear grips your life, if you're not careful, you'll feel isolated and alone. Fear will try to make you feel like you're in the storm by yourself. But God does care for you. And you're not alone. Jesus was in the boat with them. And can I tell you today, He's in the boat with you. Amen. He said, never will I leave thee and never will I forsake you. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Can I tell you, on your darkest day, in your midnight hour, He will be there to comfort you and give you peace. He will be there in the midst of the storm.
with you. He knows where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. In fact, there's another instance where the disciples are in the storm and Jesus is on the mountaintop to pray. And the Bible says he saw them rolling and tolling. And about the fourth watch of the night, he comes walking on the water to them. And here's the thing, even when you can't see him, by God, he can see where you are. And he can come to you in your situation. this far by yourself. Hallelujah. God does care. 1 Peter 5, 7 says we can cast all our anxieties on Him because He cares for you. You can give Him your problem, your storm, your need, your hurt, your pain, your worries. You can give it all to God and He will see you through. You can cast it on Him. You can throw it on Him. That's what it means. Just throw it on God. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. Why are you trying to carry your burden when God wants to be your burden bearer? I felt that so strong in my heart yesterday when I was out here praying. Some of you are trying to carry stuff that God never intended you to carry and God says today you need to roll it on Him. Some of you are trying to carry your family and God says you don't need to try to carry your family, you need to give it to Him. He wants to be your burden bearer. You need to roll it off on Him and let Him handle it. Let Him deal with it. He knows how to handle it better than you. Amen. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Some of you are losing sleep. When you don't need to, turn it over to Him. He'll be up. He who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's watching over you and He don't slumber and He don't sleep. He'll take care of it. But you've got to give it to Him. He loves you. He cares for you. And He will get involved in your life. He wants more than anything to be involved in your life. Your day to day, day in, day out, He wants to be involved in your life. 
But some have been so overcome with fear and so hit with storms that you don't think God is concerned. And some of you have prayed and God hadn't moved yet and you're questioning whether God loves you anymore. Hear me well. God loves you. And let me just say this, and you can write this down. Don't mistake silence for absence. Don't mistake silence for absence. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. He's still there. Let me move on. My third final point this morning. When storms hit, you have to fully trust the power of God. Let's look at verse 38 to 41 again. He was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with a great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? They thought they were going under. They actually believed they were going to perish. They thought there was no hope of rescue. Apparently they had forgotten all that Jesus had already done before. It seems that they had forgotten about the stories they had heard of Jesus at power. They would forgotten about the blinded eyes being opened and the devils being cast out. They would forgotten about the lepers being cleansed and the dead being raised. In fact, Peter had seen his mother-in-law healed of a fever. But all of that kind of went out the window when the storm hit. They began to doubt his power and ability. But honestly, we're not any different. When storms and problems come our way, we often have a short memory. And we tend to forget what God's done for us. We seem to forget that God has all power, God has all authority, and there's nothing too hard for Him. Notice also that disciples begin to question who Jesus is. Who then is this that even the wind and waves obey Him? The King James says, what manner of man is this? In other words, who is this man? What kind of man is this that He speaks in wind and waves? Nature obeys Him. They couldn't believe what He did. They couldn't believe that He spoke in nature. Listen to Him. They should have never doubted His power, but they did. And in all honesty, we do sometimes. Even though God has proven Himself time and time again, when storms hit, we sometimes doubt His power. We know He has in the past, but when something pops up today, we begin to question, can God do it again? We know that He's able, but we're not sure He will. We know that He can, but we don't know if He'll do it for us. I'm afraid that at times we even have the audacity to think that our need, our problem, our situation is too big for God. 
And somehow His power is too limited to meet our need. You see, fear causes us to doubt and question the ability of God. Fear will cause us to look at our situation as impossible and hopeless. Fear will cause you to look at what you're facing and say, there's no way out. Fear tells you to give up. Fear will tell you to give in. But faith says all things are possible with God. You see, when storms come, you need to fully trust in the power of God. You need to know that you know without any doubt that He can do all things. Amen. He spoke and calmed the storm. You read the Gospels and you'll find that He spoke and opened the blinded eyes. He spoke and made the lame to walk. He spoke and the dead were raised to life. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. He spoke and the deaf could hear. You see, our God still has all power. And guess what? He's still speaking today. And I believe He can speak and heal your body. He can speak and calm the storm in your life. He can speak and bring provision your way. He can speak and meet your need. He can speak and change your situation. God can work a miracle in your life. And hear me very well today. It doesn't take Him long to work a miracle. God can still do things suddenly. And I'm looking for some suddenlies. I know He can do things progressively and I know He can work through doctors and do things medically, but I'm looking for some immediately and some suddenlies. I'm looking for Him to speak some things into our life and suddenly some storms begin to calm down. Amen? But we have to fully trust in His power. We have to know that we know our God is able. Let me ask you today, are you fully convinced, fully persuaded that our God is able? But beyond that, do you know that He is willing? You have to know that He is willing. I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 8. There was a leper that comes to Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be cleansed. So many times we stop with God, I know you can, and we never move beyond. You can. You've got to go to God, I know you will. In this house today, some of you have been hit with storms, financial storms. Physical storms. Things in your body. But our God's able. And today you have two choices. You can worry and assume that Jesus doesn't care. Or you can resist fear and put your trust in Him. As I close, I want to tell you today that fear can be crippling, fear can be debilitating if it's not dealt with. 
And as I said, opening up fear is not meant to rule your life. God didn't give it to you. But today you can conquer it. You can overcome it. And you can have peace. Even with the storm raging around you, you can have peace that passes all understanding. Amen. I want you to stand with me all over the house, Sister Mary Beth, if you'd come. If you're in a storm today and you feel like panicking, maybe you're here, you're already in panic mode. You need to confess your need for God. You need to trust Him to care for you. You need to rely on His power. You need to understand that He does care for you. And you need to hold on to His promise that you're going to make it. You're not going under, but you're going over. And you are going to make it.